Hello, beautiful woman. Welcome to Range Woman, the variety show. Range to me is defined as the ability to take on multiple tasks or projects simultaneously, efficiently, and effectively, whilst being able to tap into and or embody the energetic states required for each of the tasks or projects with ease, flow, and grace. My name is Lala Angela Wang, and it is my intention through featuring a range of amazing women that I have come across in my life to inspire you too to follow your dreams, your desires, and creating the life of your dreams. I am a huge believer that we can all have it all in this lifetime, perhaps just not all at once. So if you so desire, join me on an amazing journey to discover your inner range. All right, I think we are live. Hello, 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 hello. I am Lala Angela Wang. Welcome to episode two of Range Woman, the variety show. And this is my very first interview. So to be honest, I'm actually really excited and nervous all at the same time. I've got the amazing Wendy Jasper with me a fellow generator in human design reading. Um, so if we get really excited, that's normal. <laughs> so just a little bit about Wendy to start with. Wow, um, I think we met earlier this year post-COVID and that's when everyone starts to jump on, online and getting to know each other and we start to have, you know, I think the online community really embraced the internet and Facebook. So I haven't known Wendy for long, but I know her energy is just amazing. Like whenever you're in a room, I'm going to say room because I never met her in person, you can just feel her energy across the screen. Look at that smile. <laughs> so Wendy is actually an Aussie who's moved to Wellington, New Zealand. Um, and I'm going to be asking you about that because I'm dying to ask you that question. And she is an artist, a mentor, and also an up-and-coming author. She's in the process of writing her book, which I'm really excited, um, The Abundant Artist. So I'm going to start by asking this question because I'm dying. I'm a fellow Kiwi, and I know a lot of Kiwis move from New Zealand to Australia. In fact, this morning I was watching, I was actually in tears this morning. Um, the first flight from New Zealand came through to the state of New South Wales about a week ago, and all those photos, just like, oh, my God, all these people have not seen their family for ages. So my question to you, Wendy, is, What's up with an Aussie wanting to move to New Zealand and not to mention the worst city in a whole <laughs> country, like the windiest city, Wellington? Why? What's up with that? Why? Why? Well, like, it's sort of quite interesting in the fact that the way I'd say it to Kiwis, this is this is what I say to Kiwis, well, for every 100 Kiwis that go to Australia, one Australian has to come back and we got the short straw. <laughs> so that's what I tell the Kiwis. Hey, Australian only sends the heavyweights, right? So one of you exactly. um, all of the Kiwis. Totally. Well, it was very much we... Um, we were lost a bit in Australia. Um, we lived in Canberra. where so my husband and I had our, got together, but we got married down the south coast that I loved. But his work is IT. He works for IT, but it's not just 
computers, who makes the internet go? So that means living in a city. I love bush, nature around me. That's not living in a city. And we lived in, so we're in Canberra and we weren't, you know, we weren't working, it wasn't gelling and we'd lived in Sydney previous pre-kids. We didn't want to go back to Sydney because it was just such a hard, it was hard to live in Sydney. Um, So then we went to Perth, which is where I was born and I'd always wanted to live there. And I loved it there, but he ha- couldn't cope. It was six months, no rain. You know, he he spent his first four years in Scotland, so he likes the rain. <laughs> and <laughs> definitely, it is a desert. You have six months, no rain, and he wasn't getting the jobs that he loved. And so we travelled Australia for nine months, and it was really interesting because we travelled with a tent. Like, why did we think not a caravan? We did a tent, put a tent up every night with two kids, two young kids at that stage. And so we travelled Australia looking for where's home? And it's like all these country spots and these little communities we loved, but it wasn't the work. And it was this, you know, do we go? And so we were just trying to make it work and trying to figure out, do we go to Melbourne? I'd lived there in my teens. Do we go to Melbourne? Do we go to, yeah, we're just trying to find where to go. Where's our place? And and Phil went, I went to Wellington once in New Zealand and we like all the Kiwis we, we want. Should we try that? And it was one of those things that everything immediately just ridiculously fell into place. It just like, and was like six weeks later, we were here. We were here and wow. And then he got a job and he got a job doing something that he really loved, you know, that he wanted, which was working on a, an internet with an internet provider on the internet. So I think my son wants to say goodbye to me. So I'm just going to go, Yoshi, do you want to say goodbye? <laughs> He's going off to school. Come, Come and say goodbye. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, no, I don't know where your shoes are. <laughs> you probably left them at school. So yeah, it's okay. He often goes with no sh- no shoes to school, which That's is part of the reason, by the way. <laughs> you go to school with no shoes, and they're just so chilled and don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's what we have loved here. You know, it's it's very laid back. You know, it's yeah. laid back. And, you know, we're currently living on three acres of, of, yeah, three acres in, we're just looking at a countryside, you know, with this everywhere, this little town, five minute walk, or we catch the train an hour into town. And it's like, I just don't think you can get that anywhere else in the world without paying millions of dollars. You know, usually can't get that with an hour from a city. And that's what drew us here. And yes, I do miss Australia dreadfully. So it's a constant you know, tear because family's in Australia. Kangaroos oh, and the, way. the weather's in Australia. <laughs> I struggle with the weather. My husband loves this weather. It's his perfect weather. He doesn't even mind the wind. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, I understand. Like I can I can get the Scotland and Wellington connection. Yeah. So the first time I went to Wellington. <laughs> this is charming. That's right. I think so many English people love love it here because it's so nice weather compared to London. <laughs> Well, Wellington, when it's nice, it's actually really nice. Like when on a on a not windy day, when there's like, it's you phenomenal. know, it's beautiful. Yeah, but so yeah, it's it's summer is just so short. Yeah, and so the other thing that drove us to Wellington, you know, we're going Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, which are the three main cities in New Zealand. We're going which one? It's like Auckland's really big, and we're like, yeah, not so into big big cities. Um, 
and because we thought we'd have to be so far out to get any land and Christchurch was very flat and Wellington was hilly and we loved the hills and then Wellington was known for its art scene. That's what it was known for. It was the creative capital and we sort of came from Canberra which in some ways was known as being quite an uncreative capital. It's not now but it was back. 20 years ago you know 15 20 years ago and so yeah the creative capital is what drawn us here because yeah that that's my love is the arts creativity yeah it suits you so well like you know anyone who's been to Wellington you'll know everywhere you go there's always art and it's I don't know I like even though I asked the question I kind of deep down I was like yeah I can see like Wellington is like the place of your heart and like where all your creativity lies so tell me about who is Wendy Jasper as an artist, as a mentor, as a up and coming book writer. Who 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 are you? For those of you, for those of us who don't know, who interesting. You, are. you know, it's me claiming myself as an artist. It's who I've been all my life. Like I am creativity. That that's what I love. That's what I love doing. Anything creative is what. It's, you know, excites me. Yet I didn't claim myself to be an artist probably till about a year, year and a half ago. You know, it was like, oh, I'm a wannabe artist. I'm a, I'm a want-to-be. I would like to be. It's like, but I didn't claim it because I always thought I wasn't good enough, you know, that they're the professional mm. artists. I'm, obvious. I'm a wannabe. And I didn't claim that part of me. And anyone who knows me, like even when my, my, my business partner, you know, she said to me, and I think this was the tipping point, she said to me probably two years ago, she goes, you know, you're the most creative person I've ever known. You're just so creative in everything you do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, deflect, deflect. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I mean, it was, it was really good. It was one of those ones that showed me so clearly how I just deflected the compliment and she just called me and I went, no, you're not deflecting this one. And, you know, something that really sat with me. And it's like, well, yeah, I am. That is who I am. Like, I know that, but I still try and I was still sort of not, not owning it. <laughs> and that's Ooh. definitely last year and a half is fully owning it and fully you know I was even selling prints of my paintings before that and I was selling some of my jewelry and I was doing selling some of my stuff I was making but it was on the low <laughs> <laughs> I for me it's like my spirituality I've only really just claimed my witchy witch self but all my friends yeah. are like you are creative and you you are which which you are spiritual I'm like oh no 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 it's only been a year I, I can't compare myself it's almost like that comparing side of yes. us it's like who am I who am I to actually say that I'm I not good enough to claim that yet I've got to be at this level before I can claim totally I mean yeah and look that was the same as me coming online to teach I've been an entrepreneur coming up to three decades I had my first business when I was 2020 I had my first video production business and out there, yeah, my little camera, or it'd be quite a big camera back then. I'm like, big camera, and I was filming. And and so I've been an entrepreneur in so many different fields. And probably for about five. Oh, I think we've just went, lost Wendy a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, we're front, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, so I need to start teaching. And um, oh, it's because it's, I think it's gone on. No, it's on my. Don't know, it's on my, you know, technology is, it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I've been around a bit. It's like I've got stuff to teach and I would get really triggered by people who have been like, 
I've had a business for a year now, I'm a business coach, and that would be really activating me. And I'd think activate and activate, like, how dare they? I wasn't claiming it. I was waiting for someone to ordain me, you know, like, Wendy, you are now worthy of teaching. You can now teach. You have done enough. I don't know what I want, but you are now knighted and teach teachable. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I was, and, and I was getting activated by all these people who were saying, I'm a business coach. It's like, you had a business for a year or you've had one business. I've had businesses. Uh, have you failed in business yet? Because you learn way more in failing than you do in your TV business. <laughs> exactly. And it was, and, but, you know, and it got to a point, it's like, well, you know, it was, it was really that point. It's like, well, when are you going to, when are you going to step up, Wendy? Because no one's going to tell you you're ready. You're ready to be an artist. You're ready to be a business coach. You're ready. And it doesn't matter what course or what bit of paper, because I hear the same from people who you know, gone into coaching and they've done all the certification, but they're still waiting to be ready to step up and, and do it. And I think this is something in general, and I'm, I'm being generous now, but men don't have this same challenge. Like my husband would go, well, if you want to do it, do it. Like he didn't get the, the that internal challenge of feeling ready, feeling ordained, feeling like I could do it now. I'm, I'm yeah, experienced, qualified enough. And so yeah, so that was that was definitely a big part of that journey was just owning it and stepping up. So, yeah, and you have had some very interesting jobs. So tell me about your top three that you think that really stuck with you. Go like, well, that's kind of weird and wonderful. I would be sitting on my rocking chair and tell my grandkids one day. Okay, yeah, I had definitely interesting jobs. Um, I've I'm done. I've um drove horse on drove sheep on horseback through central you know, rural Australia <laughs> so that was yeah <laughs> and just making the sheep go and then would camp up at night and cook a fire it was three-week job but it was probably the most phenomenal three weeks it was just like waking up at sunrise and oh it was amazing it was such an experience and Oh, it was just, it was one of those magic opportunities because the same time I was reading a book, oh, they had a book and they said, oh, you should, and they were just such, like, you pigeonhole people. You know, they were very just guy <laughs> and girl who were doing it, you know, quite a bit rough. And they said, hey, read this book. And it was about, I don't even know what the book is, but it was one of the most phenomenal books that I've read about, you know, the intelligence of animals and how sentient animals can be sentient being and this person's relationship with a fly and someone else with a dog who had the wisdom. It was like, it was just this book about people's experience with these animals that went beyond and beyond. And I was like, so this whole, yeah, three weeks driving on horseback, reading this book, it was just like one of these magical moments of your life that you were given, you know, it's like, thank you. Like I, never to be repeated, but it was an amazing. Well, what took you onto that path to go on a horseback? Yeah, um, I was working, which before, which leads me to the other weird job, the only job I've ever been fired from, which was um, <laughs> <laughs> my parents were out um, living out in Narendra, which, yeah, rural New South Wales, and they had a hotel there that they bought so they'd left Canberra and they bought a hotel there and they're running that and so yeah I was staying with them I wanted some work I went and got a job in Griffith which is half an hour ago I was working in a winery um, and and my job was every day for eight hours a day yes the label straight yes the label straight yes the label straight yes the label straight that is and so that, artistic <laughs> that's all I got to do and 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 then if the label's not straight, oh, the label's not straight, and then you've got to run over, press a button to stop the production line and then soak them and, yeah. And because I pressed the 
because sometimes you just get an odd one that you can take out. And because I pressed it, it took me too long to press the button, I got told that my aptitude wasn't quite up to the job and that they should let me go. <laughs> and so I just think it's, yeah, it was, the, it was like, you know, it was, it was my guy's angels looking after me because I was, I think I was in it for about four weeks. And yeah, once again, it was like, oh my goodness, this is just driving me crazy. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I, it was just, I know. Sorry, Wendy, I think we've just lost you a little bit there. So I'm just going to wait. And then, um, but then oh, we go. Yep, they wouldn't let me get the job stacking the boxes because I wasn't male. <laughs> hey, I can be on a horseback, but I can't stack boxes. Oh. So, yeah, so that's when, when I forgot, failed that job, I caught up my parents, I got fired. You know, I was probably, I don't know, 21, 22 at the time. And they said, we just had someone call in today looking for someone to do horseback driving, you know, and that's how they're knowing. Okay, just jump onto that like perfect timing and I had the most amazing like went from the worst job ever to one of the most phenomenal crazy jobs it was such a great experience which Thanks. kind of makes sense I can kind of <laughs> see the links now from horseback riding and obviously being camping and and everything to now living in kind of the yeah. rural side of Wellington tell me about the sunrise quest that you do every morning like I've seen you doing it I know you've passed your one year mark how did it start what is this really all about so yeah sunrise quest I do it every morning it takes between two and ten minutes depending on the weather how cold it is how hard it is or how nice how long I stay out doing rain, it. Hell or sun, right? rain hell, yeah I think I've missed in in the year and few months I've done it I think I've missed about three yeah I'm three that I haven't done and and bare feet too. Like I even learned bare feet on the frost because it was totally like, you know, minus one ground. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Fahrenheit. I don't know yeah. how you do it because I did one day. Before you do it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it today. It's a rainy morning in Sydney, middle of winter, like pff, 10 degrees maybe. Okay, three maybe, worst case. I was like, I lasted a minute. I was like, how does Wendy do it barefoot every morning? <laughs> Doing it consistently and as it gets cold, it gets colder, my body just adjusts, adjusts, and it doesn't feel so weird. And I think also being outside in the weather every day, it's made, and just being in the elements, it's sort of my, yeah, my body sees it differently. I, mm. I still go, yes, this is cold, but I don't go, yes, this is cold, stop it. I don't want mm. this. I want to run away. There's sort of, there's not a fight against whatever the feeling is or my, you know, yeah, and then, you know, realistically my feet on the frost, often I'd only last a minute or two and then I'd put my slippers on. But, you know, I still could, some days I could stay there for three or four minutes on the frost so it wouldn't be an issue. It's just, yeah, I just, I fought it less. So it started because I wanted to transition from my brick and mortar business. I had a business for the last, or now 13 years roughly in Wellington and it'd been a really successful business for my business partner. But I wanted to go on, move on to the online space. And I wanted... And that business had been, I loved my, my, you know, I had a market, a large-scale weekly market. I had pop-up villages in Wellington, like artist designers in little studios on the waterfront. And it was a great business, but it had run my life a bit. You know, it, it business mm. had dominated my life a bit rather than we'd, a co you know, co-creative um, experience yeah. together. Symbiotic. Yeah, it wasn't symbiotic. It, it, for a bit, you know, for a while I'd been wanting to get out of it. I'd been going, okay, I've my, my work here is done. It's like I'm ready to move on. And but I was having trouble breaking into the online space. And it's like I'd take two steps forward, then I'd be two steps back fully. Like I'd try it and then go not getting traction. Try it, 
And it's like, because I'd done in-person business courses and got such good responses and I'd done in-person stuff and was great. But going onto the online as a brand, as a self-brand, I was not ready for the difference that was going to be. Having had so many different businesses, as I said, in nearly 30 years, you know, I could show up in so many different groups. Public speak, not an issue. Business plan, let's make a business plan this afternoon for someone, not an issue. But going online was very different because you were a brand, not a business. And I mm. hadn't had the experience of being a self-brand. And I wasn't ready for a lot of the things that that threw in my face. You know, it was a very, I think a lot of people don't get the, the difference that it is a self-brand. Mm. I mean, in my business, I had staff that were out the front. I could work on the bits that I wanted. I worked on building the business. I worked on promoting it. I worked on making sure our systems and structures, I love that, were all, you know, flowing smoothly and I had staff to do the other part and I managed the staff but it wasn't me being the front of the brand whereas when I went mm-hmm. online it was it was like I could sell stuff if I had to sell you know you know markets or sell events I could sell sell to sell to different stakeholders why they want to get involved with us and now you, you know, have to sell yourself when I had to sell myself it was uh, yeah I was I was not expecting that bigger hurdle I was not expecting that bigger oh, my God, this is so hard, which is why it took me two years of trying mm. and I wasn't going anywhere and I didn't know what. I'm an intelligent businesswoman. Why is this hard for me? You know, in some ways it's easier for people that have no business experience because you don't have that expectations, you don't have. Whereas I was coming to someone who was at the top of my field, an expert, and going into environment and feeling totally newbie naive and I didn't like that feeling. It's like, hang on, this isn't. This isn't who I am and how I show up. Mm. So it was a real, yeah. So it was like this roller coaster trying to get going online for nearly two years by myself. And then I got my coach, who, yeah, Jana Kingsford, who, you know, I was on my coach. <laughs> symbiotic, you know, like not symbiotic, synchronistic events led to that. It's like, because we'd known each other for a while online, but we hadn't connected in the same way. And yeah, some beautiful, yeah things that just led together and I went okay this is it it was like the lights lit up and went ah this is your answer and it was and so I went to a retreat with her last September in Australia when we could when we could still travel once upon a time when we could travel um and um yeah so I went to a retreat and what blew me away was as and it's funny because you talk about this at the start you know owning your witchiness you know I've yeah, I've been involved in like some Wiccan covens as well as a solitary witch since I was probably early 20s. You know, it's been something that's there. The rituals have been there, um, the full moons, seasonal, but sometimes I'd let them go. Motherhood took over and I'd stopped and then I'd remembered and I'd bring these things up. And then I go do this retreat with Jana and it was phenomenal because she did some of the things that I would have done in the more ritual aspect and she did it for herself in business and she integrated in a way that I hadn't seen before and it was just like, oh, my goodness, she used nature to elevate her energy every day so then she could be the best person online and she brought nature. She just she connected those two things, me who loved nature, who loved ritual, who loved you know all these aspects and was trying to make it online and she used these tools that I valued so much to help her show up online mm-hmm. and I was like wow <laughs> just yeah that was the sort of wow moment yes she's the right coach for me <laughs> and, and, that, and that was a wow moment. and one of the things we did I mean we did a few different things but one of the things we did she did some different sunrise stuff using the sunrise to connect to you to connect mm-hmm. into your body and then to connect to your money goals for the day 
And it's like using, and I was like, wow, using these things for your money, using these. So she just, she made it real and tangible rather than my spirituality was something over here. And, you know, my love of nature was over here and my business was, you know, she brought them together. And so I saw the power of it. I just felt the power of it. I was like, this is a tool that is going to make a difference. And then she also, yeah, quests, quests answer questions. So generally you go on a quest for a certain amount of days and you go on a quest to go, you know, on a question like she started it by doing a sunrise quest for I think 90 days or I can't remember how long her son that's what it was or she was going to the beach every morning she made a thing with the kids to go to the beach every morning yep. for a certain amount of time and that transferred her life because it answered the question of what's next in her life and so I went okay I've been trying to make it online for so long how can I find this way forward this was my question how can I move forward, have $20,000 days, but have it be ease, have it be in balance, have it me being fully me, not me pushing, hustling, working my butt off. You know, I wanted to find this way that I was seeing other people live, you know, seeing other people do it. It's like, I, but I couldn't quite get the bridge. So that was the question for my quest. And then I started doing, yeah, my sunrise initially it was for 33 days because, and that was hard. I I was, mm. I was the first person to say, I'm not a morning person. I would have been the first person to say that. So I knew that I was asking something of myself was hard, but I also get, mm. unless we really stretch out of our comfort zone, we don't get these amazing answers that we're looking for. So, yeah, so I was stretching myself out of my comfort zone. I was connecting with the earth, connecting with myself, connecting with my guides, angels, whatever you want. It was, you know, and it was this ritual every morning. And after 33 days, I was going, I don't have my answer yet, but I'm starting to really like this. <laughs> and so then I was, 111 days and then 111 days it's like I don't have my answer yet but I really like I liked how I was being because what happened is during this stage we got told that our venue of our market we ha could no longer have it we got told that we had to close that we had three months to close down our market and so not just our business is getting closed down but we're talking of hundreds of other businesses we have to close down that we've been nurturing some of them for 10 years we've been their livelihood and this was heartbreaking this was yeah one of the, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in business was you know front up to a meeting of all these people and say it's the end this is it your livelihood stopped you've got to find something else and so having these sunrise activations became my anchor they're like because I'd suffered depression before. I've had that in my past and I was worried I was going to go back to that. But the sunrise activations are my anchor. They reminded me who I'd be. They reminded me who I am. They connected me to the earth. I'm I'm part of the earth. I'm part of the, I'm a spiritual being. It reminded me all of that at the start of every day. And I kept that question going, how do I create, yeah, this online business with ease? How do I, and for me, it was specifically, how do I have a 20,000 day with ease? You know, how do I have a 20,000 day that's just flow and balance and I just get to be me? And so, yeah, so it, it just kept evolving and became such a valuable tool that I was like, oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, the market closed down. And then the Monday, the market, last market was on a Saturday. On the Monday, it was announced that all large gatherings had to stop because of COVID. And we were like, that's my answer. That is what we, our storeholders, our hundred odd businesses, they had three months to prepare for COVID. That's what we were given. We were given three months to prepare. I know. And it's like what a gift you know I could suddenly see it rather than you know because at first I totally felt the victim and this is happening to me this is unfair and at the end I thought what a gift that we could give this to all our businesses they had time to and so many of them had already transitioned to online that was their next step not we want to go online and that forced them to go online where they hadn't been and yeah 
So it was just like one of those just magical things in hindsight. <laughs> and and it just reminded, showed me, yeah, so this sunrise just becomes such a part of my life. And, yes, I had a 20,000-day with ease that I got to learn so much from that during, during that process. And it's just become something that I can't imagine not doing because mm. it starts like I journal now daily. Journaling is so important for me because it gets rid of all my negative doubts. You know, it's the best way I know to get rid of all the negative doubts, worries, concerns. I move into gratitude and love. Likewise, I can't imagine not doing my sunrise activations because they connect me into my heart and they've evolved, they've changed over the times. So I've added some more elements into it. But most of all, they connect me to my heart, they connect me to the body and the earth and the cosmos. And it's like, who doesn't want to start their day like that? Oh my God, magical. You would make me want to start my sunrise quest as well. <laughs> In my little tiny backyard, even though I don't always see the sun, but just want to do it. It's just like, oh, my God, right? And for those of you that don't understand, that are watching the show, you don't understand the magic of connecting to Earth. It's just that sense of release. It's almost like when mm -hmm. I have a shitty day, the first thing I do is I get everything off. Well, probably not my clothes, but I get <laughs> my bags off, get my shoes off. I run into my backyard and I just lay on grass. That's like the best feeling. You feel like all your tension, all your stress, all your worry, just yep. let it go. And it's almost like the way that I see it, it's it's an evolving circle, right? We feed back and appreciate Earth, and Earth would then in return give us the energy that we need and the guidance that we need. And it's just like, ah, so magical. It is, and so often I'll get, so there's all those physical things that just going and you just feel so supported, I feel loved, I'm in my heart, everything's beautiful. And then I get, sometimes I just get amazing answers come through, do this, do this next, you know, I get these little insights drop in. So there's just wisdom that comes in that, yeah, you just go, I don't know where that came from, but thank you. That's, yep, yeah, okay, I'll go write that post or whatever it is, yeah. And it's really one of those things you have to experience it to know what it's like, isn't it, Wendy? Totally. And how is this linked in to being the empress? How empress, the empress, okay, so the empress self that I've claimed, yeah, as, um, you know, Empress Wendy Jasper, it was a name I self-ordained myself. And it came <laughs> from, um, that I see, or first of all, the empress, I, I see like, you know, a lot of people were like, I'm a queen or I'm a princess. And I never connected with those names, um, mm. partly because I was very much tomboyish and I don't know, they, there was a frou-frou to them that I didn't connect to. But it's like, how do, what's, so what's a feminine power that I do connect? Because it was something I quite consciously went after trying to connect with my feminine because I was very masculine. You know, I'd been yeah, working in different careers. I was very good at being masculine and pushing and hustling. So connecting with my feminine was a new thing for me. I had to soften, how to open my heart. And I was trying to find a feminine archetype that inspired me, that called me forth. And the Empress came, yeah, for two reasons. One, because she was self-made. She wasn't born a queen or born a princess. She was self, and it wasn't married to become that. She was <laughs> self-made. She built an empire. But the thing I see as an empress is she masters herself before she masters her empire of self-mastery. And the way I came is I always say that a business journey is the most perfectly tailored self-growth journey you'll ever go on. Because to succeed in business, you have to grow yourself. You can't, you can't evolve. 
you can get a business that's not fun and like you're going to be exhausted and stressed, but to have a business that you love, to have a business that's successful, to have you, you've got to grow yourself. You've got to step out mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. It's going to demand that you grow and evolve. That's part of the journey. And so the way I used to see it was you'd have your business journey. That's one route. It's like you've got to do this. You've got to sell this many widgets. You've got to, you know, promote yourself in this way. You've got to do this. And then you're going to have your successful business. But there's also that self-growth journey and I called her the empress journey it's the journey to become your empress self and she's the one that's managing the multiple six or seven figure business you know and like you know she's your future self that's managing a multiple six or seven figure business so I started to tune into her more okay empress Wendy what how do you, what do you do what are your habits you know what things do you do and and this is where sunrises became really clear is when I started having this oh sunrise activation oh my goodness Empress Wendy does sunrise activations. That's exactly what she does. Like it was just instantly and no question about it. When I tuned into my Empress self, she was doing them. And a lot of things I've and a lot of things I've tuned into her and how my guide guide myself. It's like, would she be doing that? Yes. Would she be doing that? No. Okay, then. <laughs> It's, it's the answer. It's, it's really clear, you know, and I've created a really good connection with her. And, and so I know straight away whether she would do it or not. And it's like, I don't have to do it. No one's forcing me. But if I want that future, I want that dream because, you know, she's not just running that successful business. She's having a great marriage. She's being a great mum. Mm -hmm. She's having a great life. She's being, you know, I see Empress as creative. She's being a creatrix, you know, all these things. And so, She's got the answers for me. I can choose to listen or not, but she has the answers. So that's why I claimed that Empress Wendy was helping me to step into that energy more and reminding me that's the journey I'm really on. Yes, there's the business journey, but the true journey is the Empress journey. That is so beautiful. There was a, a saying that I heard when I first started this um, whole personal development slash business journey. A, a coach once said to me that a business can never outgrown the um, psychology of the owners. So if yeah. we don't grow, our business will not grow. And I think what you just said is a testament of that. So yeah. kudos to you. Um, you mentioned about that you were quite a tomboy and quite masculine. And so how does Empress Wendy find her balance between the, the masculinity of doing and the feminine of flowing these days? Yeah, What's I mean, it's in like? Yeah, well, because, I mean, I, I hit a burnout in my business, in my, yeah, my market and pop-up village. I hit a burnout at one point. I hit a wall big time because I was pushing, 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 about going five years back now. And I had health issues come up and I was like, yeah, I hit a wall big time and I burned out because I was using my masculine to push and push and push more. And I burnt out. And like most things, when this pendulum swings too far one way, we go too far the other way. And I threw out, like, I was the queen of to-do lists, of planning, of structures. I, I was so good at it. I threw it all out and went with, what do I feel like? What do I feel like today? What do I feel like now? And on one hand, it was so healing and I needed that. But it got to a point where it was like, well, this isn't very productive. And it actually wasn't very satisfying. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't doing it for me because it's like when I just went what I felt like, I often don't, oh, yeah, I guess that. Or oh, when I gave myself full permission, like we think, oh, if I had a month just to myself, I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. And if COVID showed us nothing else, most people didn't do any of those things during lockdown. Most people would watch TV. 
happy, fluffed around, spent too much time on social media. And that's what I did when I allowed myself to do whatever I feel like. I just went flat and fluffed. Mm. That's the word I use. I just fluffed. And occasionally I'd do something because maybe a deadline would come up. Go, oh, yeah, I feel like doing that now. <laughs> um, but it wasn't satisfying. And so I went through this thing for a while going, well, I don't want to go back to that, you know, push, push, push at all costs. And I went, okay, so what's the balance? And that's where I found a balance in the middle. I found the middle ground. It's like, because when I was being the masculine, I threw away my feminine. And that's why I burned out because I wasn't taking care of my needs, my health and well-being. And when I became fully feminine and did that sort of trying to just run my business, I lost structure, so I lost forward momentum. And when I lost forward momentum, I didn't finish that anger. Oh, that was a good day. I felt really good and I achieved that. I had no sense of achievement. It was always just the bare minimum and it just didn't feel good and things weren't getting done and, yeah, it wasn't fun. So neither of the extremes were fun. And so that's where I came sort of into the centre of going, okay, what's the what's the structure? Using, like, like honouring my masculine self has skills that are good for me, has tools that that help me. So honouring them but just not let them dominate, you know, and, and, and honouring them that they're good for structure. So we can do some planning and we're going to figure out some stuff for this week and then my feminine can then decide on the day which one do they feel like or which one you know I sort of create those containers that my feminine then can free flow within but there's still a container so there's still things accountability that are going to get done and this needs to happen and sometimes it might be okay I'm going to do that tomorrow but it's not going to be like oh I don't feel like any of that for the next three weeks I know it's happening this week you know it's going to happen this week so if it's not today and that's also where I use my soul modes thank you Carly Marie it's definitely where I tap into yeah soul modes as well if I'm in bear I might be getting stuff and I know tomorrow I'm going to be in super and I'm going to love doing that because that's lists and ticking off so I allow myself to know that tomorrow I'll feel like doing it I know I will and let myself do different things today yeah and that really like it totally because for um all the guests coming on, I've offered them to do their top five strength finder. And when these one come out, I'm just like, that is so interesting. But what you just said really explained it, explains it. Because I could see why you were successful in creating a business. Um, so I'm just going to share your top five strengths. Strategic, achiever, input, idealtion, and futuristic. So I can see like... Futuristic is like that feminine of you. They just want to create massive things. Same this ideal, there's just ideas everywhere. But then you've also got that strategic self, the achiever self. In reality, you would be very successful in a corporate career. <laughs> but I, at, at the same you know, time... I, I, and I have to say, my defense, you know, they have a couple of times I've jumped out of being an entrepreneur and gone to corporate, and I yeah. have been successful. I got paid well, but in the end, it's like I'm just too... I couldn't be creative in my role. That's generally what I found. I couldn't be creative enough. I wasn't given freedom to do it the way I saw. They had this too many. It was always too much structure. It was too much structure. Too much. But in the, and often it's in a very old men way. <laughs> this is how we do things. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, no, it's not. And I could see, because going to the future, yeah, my future, yeah. I could see how it should be. And I'd get frustrated that it wasn't like that. And they wouldn't let me evolve it to that. I could see the idea. You know, that's. Oh, look, the amount of things I can walk into, I can see how it needs to be to thrive. That's definitely one of my one of my gifts. I can go into business and go, oh, if you just tweaked these things, you'd be going yeah. off the roof. You can see the tweaks. And when I wasn't allowed to do the tweaks and I knew that they were the tweaks that would mean that this, this you know, whether it was a department or whatever would thrive and they wouldn't let me, it's like, mm. no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I can I can see that struggle. Um, I did like though. I think this was back a couple months ago. You had a post about how you see masculine and feminine in a relationship. It's like a river. Yeah, right, the yeah. masculine is the riverbank and the feminine is the water. Without the riverbank, we just have flood everywhere. Totally. That, and that's what I was doing with my fluffing. I had, I'd, I'd got rid of my structure. And I, I mean, initially I was overstructured. So it wasn't even a river. It was here, then it was going here, then it was going here, then it was going here. <laughs> I was, was like, structured. And then I got rid of all structure. And that's what it's like. It was a feminine being when we don't have, you know, I'm talking core feminine being not male, female, you know, core feminine being, when we don't have something holding us, we do flood. I'm going over here. And especially you can often tell it yourself in, as an entrepreneur because you go, oh, look at this bright, shiny object. Let's try this strategy. Oh, look at that bright, shiny object. Let's try that. If you're getting distracted by all these things, that's very much your very new feminine because you've got no boundaries. You've got no thing with hold in it. It's like the bare minimum boundaries so you can get, movement forward because if you're not having a structure to help you forward you're going to go mm. off in every direction you're not putting gps you know your structure is also like your gps it's going this is where you're going and it's put and it's like blinkers on you're going this way oh but no we're going this way <laughs> yeah because yeah. feminine i love it all i want it all <laughs> you know so that's pretty much your generator as well yeah. like being a generator for me as well especially i think ideas and that's why I love um Elizabeth Gilbert's book Big Magic right it's talk about the more you activate your idea system the more ideas come because ideas love attach themselves to creative beings that takes action but part of know will bring them to life they know if they come to us we can bring them to life yeah we'll kind of say ideas I know I know I know you're very keen but I may have to pass you on to someone else in this instance otherwise no ideas will come true. And, and I think that's the magic of having that riverbank. So then we can actually deliver what lights us up and then we can move on to the next riverbank. Yeah, totally. And, and then, you know, and, that, and look, so much of my life is saying no to ideas. It's like, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll explore for a while and then going, actually, no, I'll let you go now. You know, and there is a lot of that. Uh, like that book was life-changing for me on that exact concept and learning how to say no to ideas because they could take up so much of my energy and I'd get excited, but it's like, actually, this isn't where I'm going. This isn't where I'm focused. This isn't, I'm here to, I'm here to write my book. Like the amount of things yeah. that have come up distracting me from writing my book. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely... Tell me more about this book. Okay. So it's Abundant Artist, The 12 Codes for the Recovering Starving Artist. And, and I say, what a, Recovering Starving Artist, because that's, that's the name that, you know, unfortunately artists have been given for, for, I don't know, decades, how long? And forever. Yeah. And when you have not just maybe family thinking that, you know, artists are seen less, so when you have society, cultures, and it's not just one country, it's the world seeing artists, you know, so much of the world seeing artists as less than, you know, no, this, you know, there are obviously some cultures where they're valued, but generally Western world has seen artists as lower than starving artists. You do an arts degree, you're gonna end up working McDonald's, driving a taxi. It's not valued. Yet, on the other hand, it's like, so there's a starving artist is fact. Then on the other hand, you look at who's paid most in the world. It's the actors, the musicians, the dancers, the, all the top artists, you know, top composers, what painters, whatever. The top ones are the ones that are paid the absolute most. So it seems like there's like this huge, you've got the 
absolute poverty or just ridiculous how many millions were performing in a film you know for one year's work and you've got you know 12 million it's like the extreme and really i see if you're creating a business if you're entrepreneurial you know that's creative you know that's using your creativity it's the same skills and so what I saw, what the, the blessing of, of working with creators for 10 years in my business, in my brick and mortar business, was that I started to see after a while I would have these new businesses come into the business and come in and start up their business. They're just starting up. And I started to be able to tell I knew which ones would make it or not. Now, at first, I couldn't say why. It's like, I think they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to make it. And I have a couple of conversations and I have this assumption. I'm like, why do I think that? Like, why, Wendy? You know, you'd be arrogant and you think, well, you know, no, I've seen enough now. I know they're not and they will. And I was pretty accurate, you know, because we were had an unusual business model that our sign of success was when a business would leave us, would leave the market and go on to full-time retail, have a retail shop or exporting or wholesaling. And so we'd have a lot that would do that, would come through, use us and then go off to the next step in their journey. And and I knew which ones would, <laughs> would do that and which would like wouldn't be around for so long. And so that took me much longer to actually figure out what the things were. And we've touched on it already. You know, there's three main things that I saw, the three main areas, the ones that succeeded equally focused on three main areas. And one is, you know, it's the how, the who and the do. And the how is, you know, what method they're going to choose. Because so many people go, oh, I want to be a painter. Okay, I'll have an exhibition. They just think, in order for me to sell my product, I've got to do X, Y, Z. Whereas actually there's hundreds of ways you can make a living from painting, like hundreds. And it's exploring and finding the how that works for you, the how that's right for you. And, and so just not choosing a method to make your product and selling it, but finding one that's aligned with you. That Because the bottom line is the journey is you've got to enjoy the journey. It's not the destination. It's loving the journey. So how do you find a, a method that you love doing day after day, showing up and doing? So that's the first. They find a method that they love and is aligned with them. The second is the do, which is what, sorry, the who, which is what we're talking about before. It's who you're being. It, mm. It's equally going to be the empress journey as well as the business journey. And people who can see that and they get that they've got to be evolving. And sometimes it can be mindset. Okay, I've got to block around this. Or sometimes it can just be a practical skill. I've got to learn figures. I've got to learn how to do my books. And for creatives, you so often hear, oh, but I'm creative. I'm not into figures. I'm not into finances. And I'm like, I call BS. You just have to listen. You just like when you first got a paintbrush, you didn't understand the technicalities of one paintbrush to a different paintbrush or which hair or which size or flat or round. It's the same stuff. It's just something you haven't learned yet. And once you learn it, you go, oh, yeah, I know that. It it's, doesn't have to be your passion, but it's just a part of technicality of doing it. Mm. And so you saw the ones who were thriving, they got it, that there were just certain skills they had to learn along the way. And they didn't go, oh, but I can't. I'm an artist. I'm this. They didn't use these excuses. They just went, if I want to be really successful, I've got to learn these skills. And then the third part was the doing, which is what we've also touched on, which is like the masculine and feminine. It's like, how do you show up every day taking action, you know, and taking that action forward, you know, inspired action forward daily. That's what I say. How do you take that inspired action forward daily towards your goals? Because a lot of people, they've got the skills, they're doing themselves, 
but they don't have the motivation. They're not they're not mm. moving forward on it. They don't have the support, the structure, the tools to continually move forward. And they're just fluffing and distracting self and all those things. And you know, um, resistance is coming up, all this stuff. And they're not having the tools to work through it. Which is why I also probably like you have a coach because she helps me through those things so much quicker. Yes, I can do it on my own, but having a coach is like fast track. <laughs> you that's know, it. Having- that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what the book is basically, you know, for creatives to go, if you want to be successful as a creative, and successful could be having, you know, 60000 a year income but just working three hours a day while your little kid's at preschool. It doesn't have to mean exhausting, pushing, mm. huge business. Whatever business is ideal for you, you know, there's so many different business models that can work for you, but it's finding one that you love, lights you up, and then working on yourself, and working on those structures to make sure you can take consistent action towards it. Just tiny steps, tiny steps, but daily. And so that's, yeah, so that's what the book is. And each of those, yeah, three areas have four codes in them because there's four parts to them that need to be nailed. And so as, you know, you read the book, it's it's like you're doing an audit on yourself. It's going, oh, which code have I totally thrown out the window like irrelevant? I was going, that's irrelevant. Okay, that's giving me something to look at. And which ones have I mastered or which ones am I doing but not doing very well and need to initially, okay, I need to give some more love to this area. So it's a really, so it's not just information that you're getting, but you can really apply it to yourself and your business so you can figure out this is this is where I need to be giving love to. I am so excited for you. It sounds like an amazing book. I can't wait to buy it when it's on the show. <laughs> So make sure you let us know when it's out. I'm sure well, you will. I'm hoping to get my submission off to the hoping. I am getting my submission off to the publisher within the next three, four weeks. So that's like I'm really close to, yeah, nearly finished it. Then I get it edited. And then I get off. Oh, my God. So exciting. So, so, so exciting. So last question. Where can we find you? How can we work with you? How can we so, find out more about Wendy? So Wendy Jasper, Abundant Artist on the socials. So um, currently, yeah, on Instagram and Facebook, I am going to be moving on to YouTube. And I've got my podcast, which is called Abundant Artist Podcast. And you can find that on Spotify or wherever you find, listen to your podcast. All major and, platforms. Yep, on all the platforms. And um, and then, yeah, and then I have the Abundant Artist Academy, which is a um it's a monthly membership and pretty much every week we do one training, one live training on one of the Abundant Artist Codes. So it's broken up, yeah, so we said four codes and then there's four parts to each code. So each each week we do a 45 to an hour minute, 45 to 60 minute, yeah, live training on actually how to implement it into your business, not just the knowledge because knowledge is one thing but I want you to be taking action and I want you to see why you're not taking action is just as important as taking action. So we really implement it. And it's, yeah, the idea that you come along for as long as you want, as little as you, little as, as, as you want, you get what you want and there's a pile of masterclasses already in there too so you can dive into those. And yeah, and that's a low price membership and all the information. Yeah, I'll go on to either of my Instagram or Facebook and all the links are there. And I'll be sharing all of your links um, in oh, the broadcasting as well. So you can simply click down the bottom and you'll be able to find um, Wendy's links. <laughs> Wendy's, thank you so, 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 so much. I really appreciate your time. I know it, it is still a bit early for both of us. <laughs> And I had so much fun. It's such a blast to have a conversation with you like this and hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. I know you get to do it in person, hopefully. Oh, I know. 
I'm really hoping the border um will open the other way around and I don't have to isolate for 14 days because I haven't seen my mum for more than two years. My oh, brother, because yeah, I, I can yeah. get into yeah, we can get into Australia, but we can't get back. I know we're the same. I've got elderly parents and parents in laws, and we just we want to come and visit them. <laughs> it's been a long year. <laughs> Nothing else. Well, hopefully, we can see each other one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I know. And as you said, as you said at the start, it's amazing how these days you can meet people online like yourself who you just connect with, who you go, ah, oh, soul sister, you know, you get that bond. And it's so beautiful because I know when we do connect in person, it's going to be like we've been best friends for years. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you got that energy going. And it's something I... Used to bag social media out that oh my goodness yeah they're not real friends they're just virtual friends but now I realise you know you are my real friends and you're amazing and it just gets better when we meet in person. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Wendy. I am so grateful for this being my first interviewee, and um, yeah, everybody check Wendy out, and I will see you next time. Thanks, Bye. Wendy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Are you inspired to start taking action towards your next big dreams and expand your range so you can create a life of your dreams? The Womanly Way Mastermind is my six-month group coaching plus one-on-one -on -one program where I help and support women increase their range, finding balance in their life, finding self-confidence as well as taking them through each and every step towards their next big dreams. If you're interested, please contact me through all of my social media platforms or you can email me direct on Angela at AngelaWayne.com.au. I am super excited and I can't wait to help and support you through this next chapter of your life and support you through expansion, growth, and embodiment. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on. Share this podcast with your friends and follow at The Womanly Way on Instagram for glimpse behind the scenes, teasers of upcoming content and juicy snippets of the best interviews. Or if you prefer to watch the show live and interact with my guest and I, feel free to follow me on Facebook or YouTube at Angela Wang, The Womanly Way. Catch you in the next episode.